TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com. And welcome to Overnight America. Moving along this week, it's amazing how fast the days go by. It also is amazing how fast the temperatures can turn. Last night, we were looking at the radar, and I kept checking out the window, and no, don't see any snow yet. Next thing you know, you wake up in the morning, and you check your social media, and there's a little dusting on the ground. It's amazing how fast that could hit. And as we get, what, nearly seven, eight, nine days away from Christmas, so a week from Friday, we are that much closer. I wanted to welcome each and every one of you. Thanks for everyone that messages me on Facebook. I'm on Ryan Recker Radio on there. Joining us this hour is a local TV reporter over at Fox 2, author of many local books, including a new one that came out this year called Missouri, an illustrated timeline. John Brown joins us for a couple of segments. And I recorded this one with John. I'll just give you a heads up here. When I recorded the interview, it was a really good interview. And when I listened back to it, I thought, oh, man, the audio quality is not as good as I remember when I was just talking to him. So I think it'll be okay. You'll have to bear with me. But it is a good interview. I think you'll enjoy it. Next hour, uh, we're going to talk more about Chesterfield and what's going on there when it comes to health orders, what will and won't be enforced. I want to talk about a story that Fox 2 started to cover about a woman in Fenton who had her door removed by the landlord. Give me a break there. And we're going to be joined by two guests and the, what, 930-ish right after the break there. Andrew Wheel and Bob Siebert are going to talk about what they call demolition by neglect. It's a historic church that is just being left to rot. They're going to talk about that. And there's so many of those properties that sit around St. Louis. And quite a shame it is because great historic areas and beautiful buildings that are just left to fall to their own gravity, I guess. Later in the hours, uh, let's see, Congress close to a coronavirus stimulus deal. Who knows? Maybe we even find something tonight that could break. It's one of those exciting things about being on late at night. And so much, so much more to get to. I want to thank each and every one of you for uh, spending time with us here today. Just real quick, I saw this one story over at KMOX.com. St. Louis ranks number one for package theft during the pandemic. And the way that they conduct this study is based on who searches, the uh, just whoever is going online and searching in their 
website on Google or whatever, stolen package. And then they say, okay, we'll break it down by city. Whoever's whoever's, uh, searching for stolen package the most obviously has the most stolen packages. I don't know if that's true or even that scientific. Obviously, these numbers could be skewed, but they say St. Louis ranks number one. They say that search in terms related to theft per 1,000 people, St. Louis, number one, Minneapolis, then Jersey City, New Jersey, San Francisco, Washington, D.C., Buffalo, New York, Seattle, Oakland, Orlando, and then Cincinnati. Those are the top 10 cities that are searching for stolen packages. What a lousy thing, too. I um, think there should be a couple of laws enacted because no one likes people that go around stealing packages off your front door. Here's a few laws that I think every city should have. And what they should do is say, anytime you catch someone in the act of stealing a package on your front door, you're allowed to go out there and beat them with a baseball bat just below the waist, right? You don't want to aim for the head, but you can you can get their knees as many times as you can. That way they're not running away when the police come and pick them up, okay? This would be good. Let's do that number one. You're allowed to beat them with a baseball bat. Number two, if you find out who they are, you're allowed to go over to their house and steal something of theirs. Doesn't matter what it is. Could be yard ornaments, could be their car, could be a flat screen TV, whatever you want. If they're caught, it's only fair you get to go over and steal something of theirs. One and two. Number three, here's another thing that I think we should allow. By law, if someone is caught stealing a package from your front door, you should be allowed to booby trap those packages just to catch people doing it. So if you want to put something in there that explodes when they open it up and it makes an entire mess like a paint bomb that, you know, nothing that would permanently harm or kill them, but, you know, something that would definitely ruin their week. Uh, you know, something that would explode like a glitter bomb, things like that. All of those things should be be 100% legal and encouraged. So I don't know if they'll be taken into consideration. I think these are all great recommendations. St. Louis being number one on the list does concern me. I do like to think that one day I'll be able to uh, catch someone in the act and I'll be legally allowed to bust them in the legs with a baseball bat. All right, when we come back, John Brown, local TV reporter from Fox 2, in a new book that's out now. You can go check him, uh, Missouri and Illustrated Timeline. He's up on Overnight America KMOX. Traffic and weather together every 10 minutes, mornings and afternoons on St. Louis's News Radio, KMOX. He's the author of a new book called Missouri and Illustrated Timeline. John Brown, how are you? Hey, good to see you. I see you on TV. It's kind of cool to see you through the uh, Skype setup today, too. That's pretty neat. Yeah, well, you know, I made the mistake. I'm actually off today. I made the mistake of uh, canceling on my vacation this summer because I thought, oh, this pandemic will be over. I'll save my vacation time for later. And now here I am, and it's, what, 30 degrees outside, and I have all this vacation time. So so here I am talking to you. I'd rather be on the talking to you, but here I am. <laughs> when you put together a uh, timeline of Missouri, I'm sure there are some big dates that always stick out looking at the, the timeline. But I'm guessing you also, through the course of research, find some things that you never realized about your state of Missouri that are in there that are equally as important. All sorts of them. And that's what was so interesting, putting it together in a timeline format, is you're you're looking over the big events over the course of Missouri history. And when you put it down in timeline format, you don't realize that big, important events happen at the same time. And I, and I always use the analogy that with history, it seems that we compartmentalize things. 
So we think, well, back in the early 1900s, everybody in Missouri was poor, living in these ramshackle places. You know, we had that in our minds if that's what it was, but you find out that that's not how it was. And one of the most interesting things I found out in putting it together in this timeline format was diverse things happening in our state at the same time. The one that stands out the most to me was when Jesse James and the Quantrills and all these, you know, these despots after the Civil War were out there doing their thing, robbing banks, killing people. At the exact same time we had those guys doing that, just a few miles away we had, you know, some of the greatest institutions in Missouri history being founded, like the St. Louis University Medical School, Washington University. So it's just weird to see these diverse things were happening the exact same time and that to me has been the most eye-opening and i think it'll be at the same situation when we look back at at 2020 we'll think well everything was pandemic well in a way yeah but a lot of other amazing things also happen at the same time which is going to be overlooked i number one like that you look into the camera the whole time that's such a tv thing of you to do as <laughs> part of skype um well you wrote a lot of books about missouri and i find that there are certain states where people have a lot of pride about their state history and texas always comes to mind where you know yeah. if you live in texas you, when you go to school you learn about texas history you learn everything about the state what should we be doing you think we should be learning more about the history of missouri in our schools let me take you back in time. My very first book I started working on uh, when I was in Springfield, Missouri, anchoring there. Actually, it started before that, okay? So my history is I grew up in 20 places in Missouri all before I graduated college. And somewhere along the way, I started making a listing. This was way before Wikipedia and the internet. I started making a list of the famous people that were from all these small towns that I was from. The list got bigger and bigger, and I started to really compile it, and I'd show it to book publishers, and they said, Oh, it's really interesting, but nobody would buy a book. I thought, well, how can it be that interesting? You nobody will buy a book. Finally, Reedy Press here in St. Louis, which does so many great Missouri books, Josh over there looked at this and said, "This is fantastic." You know, I, I love reading about all these famous people from Missouri that nobody knows about. So, to me, what I back to your question here, the most joy I get now is going out and speaking to groups and especially to student groups and saying. You know, for some reason, we have this inferiority complex here in Missouri thinking that we can't accomplish things because we're from the middle of the country, flyover country, small towns that nobody pays attention to. Then you realize how many people have done it from here. So then I get to go into these schools and say, you can't use that as an excuse anymore that you're from a small town or you're just from flyover country because people have done it before. Here's the roadmap. Do what they did and you can do it, too. To me, that gives me the most pride of everything I get to do with this Missouri history genre is to go out and motivate people to say, yeah, amazing people have done amazing things from this state. And that's been the impetus for all of my books thus far. Yeah, that is that is really great. Now, if people wanted to find this book, MissouriLegends.com, it's highlighted right on the homepage there, and people can find the book. I'm guessing local bookstores, Reedy Press does a good job, and I know that as individual authors of books, you probably want to get out there and talk to people at local bookstores too <laughs> well my entire book tour has been wrecked this year right <laughs> we were supposed to have this big event at union station the big gala back in and i think initially it was april 1st or something like that that all got canceled and so the only, i've been doing a lot of interviews like this with people and talking to history groups but yeah missourilegends.com is the website that i started that has all the famous people but it's kind of morphed. I don't know if you had any time to look at it, but now we have the 
top 10 biggest houses in Missouri, the top 10 biggest school districts, the top 10, I mean, all lists, which as you know, the internet goes, those end up being the biggest clicked on things of all. The biggest houses is by far like the most clicked on thing on the site, which I think is pretty funny, but it does introduce people to Missouri history, the famous people, the famous things that have happened here. So that's kind of my hub. And that's the only place you can get signed copies, by the way. So if you're looking for a Christmas gift, MissouriLegends.com. I sign them all. Get them out. You got to hurry, though. We're running out of time. Yeah, I know. We are close. Uh, Missouri, an illustrated timeline you can find on MissouriLegends.com. And John Brown joining us here, too. And since you're in the, the field of television, the visuals are always so important. Was it fun for you to go and try to research and get these photographs and compile them for an illustrated timeline? Well, believe it or not, the book was somewhat easy to write. It was finding the illustrations that almost killed me. Because I turned the book in and Reed Press says, great, where are the pictures? I said, I thought you were doing that. They're like, no, 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 you got to do that too. And so going out and finding, and one one of the coolest pictures that I found of all, and I hadn't seen it anywhere else, was one of the original bridges between St. Louis County and St. Charles. And that's how some of the early legislators got there. It was really just a bunch of pontoons all strung together and they made a bridge. I found that picture and I said, this is unbelievable. So we went out and found all sorts of pictures like that from parts of the state. You know, the original, um, one of the things that I learned, one of the original quarries down in Southwest Missouri, where they found the limestone for the Missouri State Capitol. Um, We've got some original images of that where they found this stuff and they polished it and they called it marble, although it's not. And so it's these kind of photos that I think really tell the story of this book and help tell the story even better. Maybe hook a few people who just want to look at the pictures. Maybe they'll read the stories, too. So they strung what looked like a bunch of pontoons across the Missouri River to try to get cars, or was it just for people walking it? No, no, it was early on. So it was a you know, horse and buggy and then people walking across. But, I mean, it's digging into why the first capital was in St. Charles is such a St. Louis story, right? because St. Louis was the capital of the Louisiana Territory. And when they started forming this state, they didn't have a capital. We had this land and no capital yet. And so the one thing that these early legislators realized is they did not want St. Louis to have any more power. And so they said, you're not gonna get the capital. We're gonna put it out in mid-Missouri in a place where there's not even a town. Missouriopolis is what it was called. It became the city of Jefferson, which became Jefferson City. There was nothing there. We're the only state in the country that actually invented a city to be the capital of our state, solely because they didn't want St. Louis to have power over the rest of the state. So even in the interim, they said, yeah, you got the building, Jay, you got the infrastructure. We're not even gonna put it there now. We're gonna move it out to St. Charles. I mean, it was early on. I mean, there was this fight over city, county, St. Charles County, even going on back in what, you know, the 18, late 18, 18, 18, 18, 20, somewhere in there. Uh, so, yeah, it's been going on forever. We've never been able to get along, right? <laughs> I love it. Uh, you know, when we think about Missouri history and being from, you know, St. Louis, I, I wasn't born here, but moving in, I realized that so much of the stories that are told in St. Louis revolve around sports because it's such a big sports town so when you start to look at some of the history of missouri and you start to look at some of the things documented in st louis there's a lot of history in st louis but i got to imagine it might have been uh attempting to try to put in a lot of sports into a book like this or do you cover sports in this yeah no there is quite a bit of sports in this book and you know for example i always talk about the great people who did great things from missouri we have the only 
lovely guy who was in both the Pro Football Hall of Fame and the Baseball Hall of Fame, small town out in mid-Missouri, right? And so that's where I grew up. And, and you know, you look at how everybody in the state rallies around our sports teams. But I grew up in mid-Missouri back the I-70 series happened. So I got the perspective of the Kansas City folk and the St. Louis people and I grew up right in the middle of it, watching the fight all the time. And so it's funny how, I'll tell you a behind the scenes story here, okay? And this will tell you exactly how our state still gets along. So I found out that we'll rally behind anybody, right? When the Blues made it to the Stanley Cup, we covered Kansas City and Springfield parties who were celebrating. When the Chiefs made it to the Super Bowl, we had huge parties here in St. Louis. But one thing I did with this book is I sent each entry out to the experts in each field. So with the capital history, I sent it to people in Jefferson City with, you know, fill in the blank. So when I sent the I-70 series entry to both the Cardinals and the Royals, I had included the part about the Don Durkinger call, right? Mm -hmm. Well, St. Louis, we, I mean, that's our entire basis for losing that. Well, Kansas City hated the entry. They said, only one part of one game. You, you forget about game seven where we came back and we killed you guys. So, I mean, that's one of those where I really had to balance the history of St. Louis versus Kansas City to make sure I got it okay for both sides of the state to be okay with it. So the the, the blown call at first base is in there, but also the blown game seven, which the Cardinals just lost it, that's also in there. So I, I did my best to keep everybody happy across the state. Yeah, so from what I understand, um, was there a moment when you're putting this book together and – you're like, okay, you know that you have a lot of things, but you're like, man, I want to keep researching and maybe I'll find something new. Maybe I'll keep going, but you know, you have a deadline. You know, there's got to be a point where you send it to the publisher because there's got to be an end point somewhere. You can't just indefinitely do this forever, but then you're always afraid you're going to miss something because you always want that next big thing in there. Cause you've, you put so much love into a book like this, Missouri and illustrated timeline. From what I understand, you almost had one of those moments where you miss something big, but you're able to fit it in here. It was huge. So my deadline was, I think, middle of January, like January 15th of 2019, 2020. No, so it was this year. It was earlier this year. It was January 15th earlier this year. And so we get the book all done. And they're proofing it, you know, and, and I'm thinking, wow, we've got a year. We start hearing some inklings about a virus going around. I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen with that. And then lo and behold, the Kansas City Chiefs start their run to the Super Bowl. I had already written the Blues, won the Stanley Cup for the first time in 50 years, right, previous year. And so I called the publisher over at Reedy Press and I said, we can't print this thing. If the Chiefs win the Super Bowl for the first time, or second time ever, first time in 50 years, same kind of story, right? I'll get killed in the Kansas City metro area with this book if I don't include this. So we had to push it off. We're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting. So the Chiefs make the Super Bowl. And just like every story in journalism you've ever heard, I wrote two versions of it, right? The Chiefs lose and the Chiefs win. And so finally, remember, the Chiefs are behind them. They come back and they win the Super Bowl. So I polished this, the, the copy all up. It's looking great. One of the most nervous moments you'll ever have it's when you're getting ready to hit send and you're like, please send the right version. Please tell me I did. The Kansas City Chiefs lost the Super Bowl and then somehow it gets overlooked and, you know, and it makes it into the book. But we got the right one. So that was the exact day that I said, we, gotta, we, gotta, we have to wait. We have to wait on this one. 
And then as the book got popular, we sold through the first printing pretty quickly. And um, we had to go back and in, we had to, of course, in the second printing of this, we had to put in the pandemic. Because how do you get to 2021 knowing we just had a pandemic which completely changed our state's history the year before our big 200th birthday? So we got that in uh, the second the second printing as well. Yeah. So when you got the very first copy of your book, was the first thing you did go to the Kansas City Super Bowl section to make sure the right one was in there? It actually was. It actually was because I wanted to see what picture they got too because it happened so fast. I mean, you know, when you're at a, you're a deadline, you just hope it all goes in cleanly. And, and that was one of the first ones. That was one of the first ones I looked at. Local TV personality and author John Brown in his new book is Missouri, an Illustrated Timeline. We're going to continue our conversation with him next on Overnight America KMOX. News Radio 1120 KMOX, the voice of the Cardinals. You can find his book on MissouriLegends.com. He's with Fox 2 and does all kinds of different work for television stations across the United States. John Brown joins us to talk about his new book, Missouri, an Illustrated Timeline. When this pandemic in 2020 hit, a lot of people compare it to 100 years ago, and they were looking at how the individual states handled it back in, you know, 1918, 1919 in that area. And I'm wondering, originally as part of the timeline, did you include that as part of Missouri history, or was it maybe after the fact you might have went back and looked at that part? Let me just say, the reason, no, we didn't include 1918 in the book. And a lot of people may be surprised by that, but let me tell you why. And it's in the second second printing of this. Um, I didn't include it because as we were looking back, we couldn't, we, we not only had to spread the Missouri history out across the state, but we also had to spread it over that timeline. So certain things got, you know, more attention than other things. So you're talking 1918 and I wrote the entry about the pandemic, but then in my mind, I'm thinking, come on, that was 1918. We have modern medicine. We're never going to have another pandemic. The bigger event was the troops were coming out. 1918, World War I was ending. You had these huge parades in St. Louis and Kansas City, even in Springfield, and really all around the country. So I thought, well, what's the bigger thing? What are people going to pay more attention to? Well, yeah, true coming home from World War I. Now, in hindsight, now that we've all done more research on what else happened in 1918, we get a better idea of, of how impactful that was. We didn't have as big of events as they did in Philadelphia, where they had an estimated 200,000 people right when the flu was hitting there. That's why they think Philadelphia got rabid 1918 flu because they had events like this. It hadn't quite gotten to St. Louis yet. And it certainly hadn't gotten into Kansas City and Springfield and some of the outlying areas. Um, so that's why we focused on that. But in, you know, now I went back and we've all done more research on this, but I do think, I think the response in St. Louis has been overblown. We did a better job than most other cities, but we also don't have the records that we do now. You know, if you go into any cemetery in outlying towns around the St. Louis area, you'll see so many gravestones from 1918, and they don't know why they died. Now I think we're starting to get a better idea of maybe what it was. So we we did a good job, and we did some of the early things that were put in place with the social distancing in 1918, but still, it was it was significantly higher, the numbers, I believe, than what we actually think it was here in the area. Oh, that's great. So you grew up in Missouri? Uh, yeah, 20 different places. I graduated in a little town called Bell, but my roots are down at Lake of the Ozarks. That's where my my, my whole family is from. And I, when I say my family, I'm talking 
like very few branches on the family tree. My cousins and cousins and cousins, I mean, it's, it was an Ozark story. They're good people. <laughs> we just didn't branch out very far back where I'm from. <laughs> oh, I think that's great, though. Do, do you have any um, connections or stories of KMOX over the years? Maybe uh, being from Missouri, I wonder just if that was part of, you know, listening to Cardinals baseball or anything along those lines. Absolutely. You know, and I was right in the middle. So, you know, half of my high school was Kansas City, half of the high school rooted for the Cardinals. But, you know, KMOX was one of the few stations that we could actually get out there. I, mean, I grew up listening to the old crackly AM radio whenever I could listening in, uh, listening in, in my, in, you know, in, in the car, in the bedroom. Uh, my, my first KMOX story though, a lot of people don't know this, but uh, Steve Moore, you know, the, the, the grand poobah there at KMOX had invited me up to fill in one time when Charlie Brennan was on vacation. I was anchoring the news in Springfield, Missouri. And I had this great idea. Ryan, you've probably been there, right? You got this great idea for a show. It was when they were talking about putting in gambling in Rockaway Beach, which is I wrote about in one of my books. And so Brett Favre's brother was brought to town to be the spokesperson, to bring gambling to Rockaway Beach, like all these weird connections. And so I'm like, that's the show I'm gonna do on KMOX. And I'm gonna show you and I'm gonna ex expose them to something going on in another part of the state they may not know about, because if gambling happens in Rockaway Beach, it's gonna happen at Table Rock Lake, it's gonna happen in Lake of the Ozarks, it's gonna happen in Lake St. Louis, right? Every lake's gonna be a casino. So I had Senator John Loudon at the time on with me. So I did the format where I introduced Senator Loudon, then I had Brett Farr's brother, and I was gonna take phone calls the rest of the hour, right? So I do this great interview with those two, and I said, okay, we're gonna take calls coming up next. I didn't have anything else for the rest of the hour. That was a 20 minute interview. I had 40 minutes, nothing prepared, no calls coming in. I mean, I am sitting in the studio at KMOX, at the old studio downtown thinking, I have nothing else. I have 40 minutes to fill and not one person in the city of St. Louis cares about this topic and I have nothing. And I mean, it had to be God, sh uh, you know, shining a light on me. He had some guy call in just a crazy topic about, I don't know, some conspiracy theory. And I'm like, put him on. We, we, we took the phone call and it was some just random topic and the phone lines lit. I was saved for the rest of the hour. But, I mean, that's one of those lessons you learn where you realize I am never, ever going into my job, no matter what I'm doing, underprepared. I'm going to be overprepared from this moment on. But that was my first exposure on Campbell. It was almost a train wreck. Oh, man. <laughs> I love that. I love stories like that. MissouriLegends.com in your latest book that came out this year, Missouri, an Illustrated Timeline, and John Brown joins us. And I know with all of your TV work, it's taking you to all kinds of different places. You're uh, featured on all kinds of different television stations and, of course, Fox 2. But we, we see all the different people you interact with in other cities and other markets, large cities. When you write about Missouri, what kind of impressions do people from outside the state people that you've worked with have about the state of Missouri that may be right or wrong? What, what are some of those outsider looking in think about the state? I am one of the most unbelievable responses that I, that I got early on when I moved to Miami, that was the first broadcast job I had was down in Miami and I would meet people and they're like, where are you from? And I said, St. Louis. And I'll never forget because we all had to learn. I mean, growing up in the Midwest, you had to know where everything was, right? We all had to do states and capitals and geography and all this. 
And I guess Miami was just a different, the whole East Coast is just different because they don't think the world exists, I think, outside of the East Coast. But people in Miami would say, that's, that's Michigan? Is that, is that Missouri? Where is Missouri? I mean, they would have no concept of where we even were. And that was the first time I realized about the, the quote unquote, and I'm doing air, air quotes, East Coast bias. They might know of St. Louis from, from sports, but no clue where it was. But what I do find is, you know, a lot of times there's just not a lot of interest, even though, like I say, in so many of my books, the impact that Missouri's had on the national scene, especially with broadcasters. I mean, the, the number of nationally known broadcasters and business owners from Missouri is, is, is huge. And yet people don't seem to have any idea about our state. So I try and I try and talk to them in Missouri. We get it outside. I, I don't, I still don't think they care that much. It's, it's sad to say in, in many cases, we are flyover country. And that's why I like having a platform to be able to say, no, amazing things have happened here. You got JC Penny, you got Dale Carnegie, you got Sam Walton. I mean, go down the list of people who have done amazing things those are all Missourians. And so I do my best. Good. Love hearing that. So now that uh, things are starting to change a little bit, what does the book tour look like for you moving forward? Well, believe it or not, I've used my quite well. I have three more books coming out next year. Uh, yeah, I've written two are done. Uh, one is still in the works. We're redoing Missouri Legends because a lot of people remember the big warehouse fire that destroyed all the books. My original book, Missouri Legends, was one of those. And so we're going to update it for the Bicentennial with the famous people that have been added since then, like a Carly Kloss, uh, Jack Dorsey from Twitter, you know, just more famous Missourians. We're going to add all those, plus the other two books that are coming out. Um, so next year, I think people are starting to realize that the Bicentennial is happening because the state of Missouri is starting to ramp it up. But this year was supposed to be a year of, of getting people excited about the big celebrations to come. None of that happened. The state of Missouri had to scale back on the preps. And so we, there was just a big conference call about some of the activities. And so there's going to be a lot of stuff and people are going to start hearing about it more and more and more as we get into 2021. And so I'm going to be speaking at a lot of those state events, um, historical societies across the state are going to have me out and, and libraries. Let's hope libraries open again. <laughs> that's that's why I was going to be doing a ton of those. So yeah, I'll keep people informed on, uh, on the website and hopefully, um, through media of different places. Hey, and you got a friend there. The different places that are going to be opening up again once everything opens up again. Yeah, I'll be I glad know. to get out. It is a lot different when someone runs a book out to your car going to the library than it is to go in and actually talk and interact with other people. <laughs> it's just, you know, and that's the thing that I noticed even at, at Barnes & Noble. We were there, I was there with my daughters yesterday uh, doing some shopping and, um, you know, that's one of the things that I love. I know a lot of people love this. Going in, you grab your cup of coffee, you get 10 magazines and six books, and you flip through them, and you, you buy half of them. Well, you can't even do that now. The coffee shop in the one I was at was not even open. There are no chairs. And I'm like, this is just not the way I like to experience books. And so, man, am I not only for my books, but all the other books that are out there. I just I love the whole experience of bookstores and libraries. I'm ready for that to be back. You see him on Fox 2, and he's got his book out now called Missouri, an Illustrated Timeline, one of his many great books documenting and looking at some of the great things around our region. And you can find them at MissouriLegends.com. We'll continue with John right after the break on Overnight America KMOX.
Now back to Overnight America on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com. Author John Brown, his latest book, Missouri and Illustrated Timeline, is out now. And last check, you can actually get this in time for Christmas if you wanted to get it for a friend or a family member. If you go order now, MissouriLegends.com. In his new book, Missouri and Illustrated Timeline, we continue one last time. So you've done uh, a couple of uh, other books. You've used your time. Um, you're saying that you had this vacation time instead of actually relaxing. You're writing other books, we find out. Uh, Missouri and Illustrated Timeline. MissouriLegends.com is that right now at least the best place until we can see you in person. Yep, that is the best spot. MissouriLegends.com, like I said, all that material is up there. You can order the books from there. It's right there on the front page. And, uh, and again, I sign them all. And um, we recently had a nice little article in the, uh, the Webster Kirkwood Times. And all the, all the people who bought the book were in Kirkwood and Webster. Well, my daughter's like running places with me because they don't get to see me at night very often. We hand delivered all the books. I mean, we were out for four or five straight days taking the books up, mask on, of course, you know, doing Christmas deliveries to make sure they got there. It was so much fun because people would be like, what are you doing here? Wow. I can't believe you stand on my front book. First of all, I think some were scared. They're like, why are you here? Where's Elliot Davis? Yeah, One of my neighbors told on me I'm in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it was just so much fun getting out and actually seeing people. I don't know if I'm going to have time to do that. Uh, no, I won't be able to do that, but you have to order quickly to get it by Christmas. But, um, but yeah, that was so much fun just getting out and talking to people and everybody wanted to talk history. So I know people love their Missouri and their St. Louis history. And uh, so that was, a, that was a lot of fun actually hand delivering all those books over the past couple of weeks. Oh yeah. That's the thing. Once you uh, start to talk to different people that study and follow history, I had uh, Nene Harris who wrote so many great oh, books in the area. Thanks talk about how she was researching homes and she ran into someone who said you know uh grant ran his car into that or ran his horse into that tree over there so there's all these like little bits of history that are i just scattered all with her. Yeah. i was fascinated with nini again she's amazing I, I like her book like the history of downtown i don't remember which one you had on with her recently but as soon as i get off the news i turn you on and and, and she was on. I listened to the whole thing. She's fantastic. Yeah, I, it was the historic homes. I got a good look at the exact title That's of it. it. But she's wrote uh, many books. You know, you and her, I mean, if there's a tally somewhere of who's wrote the most books through Reedy Press, I mean, I think you got you guys are one and two right on top of the leaderboard. <laughs> she may have me. That's why I got three coming out next year. But uh, And that's what I like about your show, too, is, you know, you, you understand the passion people have. I heard your interview the other night about, uh, I think it was Italian history. Yeah. And over the hill history, and then I watched that thing on Channel Nine, and I, you know, as it was, I think your book interview that got me interested, and in, so I'm into that stuff. And we are such a unique place, and that's why I think you know people love our history. And here's here's one of the things that that I always found interesting. And I don't know if you had heard me say this out there or read it anywhere. But one of my early agents, I asked him, I said, why is it there are so many nationally known broadcasters on the national scale? You talk about Walter Cronkite. You know, think of all the Mizzou journalism people um, through the J School. Russ Mitchell, uh, Stone Phillips. I mean, the list is huge. And he said, well, I find interesting is people don't know what you guys from Missouri are. You're the perfect combination of everything. 
You know, you've got your population centers on the east and the west coast. You've got the, the cotton fields down in the south. You've got the plains to the north. You've got the mountains down to the southwest. You don't have a discernible accent. You guys are a perfect blend of the entire United States right in one place, which I think explains your success because you have learned to deal with all these diverse people in one area. That to me was so cool to hear that, knowing you know what I love about history and seeing why we we get you know we do so well. I mean, you think about the business people I mentioned, you know, Dale Carnegie, uh, J.C. Penney. These guys had to learn to deal with so many diverse people from cities to small towns, from the East Coast to the West Coast. It made them successful. Again, that's why I think there's so many people who are successful from the Shoney State is because of that reason. So I love that analogy and it opened my eyes to hear somebody else say that. And so that's why I always want to include that so people understand, you know, why we've had such a big impact. It's everything rolled into one in this odd shaped state right in the middle of the country. Mini America. That's from Missouri right there. <laughs> uh, Missouri, an illustrated timeline, a book you can find, and you better act fast if you want to get this for a family member. You know they're going to love it, MissouriLegends.com. For the very least, you get them for a family member or yourself on Christmas. And then when everyone is trying to think of something to do, you can look through the photos you can do your own thing, enjoy it. You can put yourself into a book, and I know it'll be a, a nice break from everything else that's going on. Plus, you get to learn all kinds of great things about the state of Missouri. And I got to say, John Brown, I really enjoyed the time today. Thank you for uh, coming on to Overnight America. Thanks. I do appreciate it, and I'll be listening to you once I get off the air, of course, every single night. And uh, I appreciate you having me on to talk about this. It's been a lot of fun. So, so awesome. Yeah, and hopefully you're able to bear with me with the, the audio quality was just, it, it was one of those things where we recorded it and I didn't notice it when we were recording because we were having the conversation. It wasn't until later and I thought, man, the, the talk was so fun. I didn't want to scrap it. So I, I hope you were able to bear with it and I give you my deepest thank yous for that. And he joins us on the Quiver River Electric guest line. We'll post that interview up online. It's a podcast too. So we got a lot to get to on the show tonight still. And so much more, you won't even know. It's almost like Christmas came early for you. And this radio show is just a little gift under the tree that grandma said you can go, hey, go pick out that gift over there. I'll let you open that one early. You open it up. And how about that? It's a Wednesday edition of Overnight America. Is that just a little bit too much? <laughs> so let me uh, kind of give you an idea of some of the things we'll talk about because Chesterfield police say they won't enforce the St. Louis County health orders. And I know there's been a lot of talk about that and what that means for the, it's just in general, I don't think most cities or municipalities in the county want to have to deal with the added restrictions that the county has versus in the city or versus they do in St. Charles because of that, they're just tired of saying to, and listening to their own community get ripped apart because anyone that's there can just, you know, drive down the road a couple of minutes and get into a restaurant if they want to. And they'll be able to patronize somewhere else when all of their own businesses in their own small communities are being ripped apart. So we'll talk about that too. There's another COVID study that's out there when it comes to masks. And I, I kind of wanted to make one note about it when it comes to social media censorship, because there's not just one right answer to any of this stuff. I mean, there's a lot of data that points here and there. But the problem is you can only look at one side of things in a social media world that will ban you if you look at 
things like this, a new study that said that wearing a used mask could be worse than no mask at all. So what exactly did that study say and what do you need to know from that study? Also next hour, there's a story out of a woman, uh, a woman in Fenton where a landlord removed her front door because she fell two months behind in rent. Now that is lousy. That is, think about how cold the temperatures are in the 20s and the landlord removes the front door. So Fox 2 did a story on that. She lost her job and the landlord apparently couldn't wait a couple of months. And that is just terrible. So luckily they're getting attention because apparently this is not an uncommon. Well, it is uncommon, but it is a practice that's not unheard of. And next hour two, Andrew Wheel and Bill Siebert will talk about the ongoing demolition by neglect of the Second Baptist Church, which is at Kings Highway McPherson. So what you see are these just beautiful, beautiful buildings, a lot of times churches and things, that just go and fall by the wayside. They don't get maintained over the years. They get forgotten over the years. The next thing you know, they're just collapsing on themselves, and it's a lost cause. It's sad. Or is it a lost cause? What about some of these things? What could be do? Uh, what could be done to save them? So a lot to get to on the show still. And if you want to text in, you could do that. 314-436-7900. I would much, much, much like it if you were to follow me on Facebook. Ryan Recker Radio on there. This is Overnight America KMOX. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.